You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is the Bama Online Podcast. This one, Thursday, March the 25th, 2021. We're going to delve into the topic of recruiting, and no one better to do that with us here on the podcast than Hank South, who covers Crimson Tide recruiting for us there at BamaOnline.com. Hank, welcome back to the show. How's it going, Travis? It's going. You know, we do these pretty early in the a.m., so early, in fact, that Hank South can see school buses, you know, just (laughs) kind of creeping outside his window there. And so uh, we may end up this may end up becoming the BamaOnline.com breakfast club, uh, given the, the time frame in which we we record these. But wanted to get into a lot of topics with you today on the pod. Hank, some of them football related. Uh, we're going to get into some hoops as well as we get a little bit later in the podcast. Of course, Nate Oates got his team ready for a Sweet 16 matchup up in Indianapolis on Sunday evening against UCLA. But we'll start with football because obviously the big news here in the last 24 to 48 hours has been the departure of Jay Graham, Alabama tight ends and special teams coach after a very short stint in Tuscaloosa. Jay Graham publicly on Wednesday kind of let everyone know what he's dealing with right now. And certainly we send our best to Jay and his family and, and hope, uh, you know, he's able to, to get to a, uh, to a place where he's uh, comfortable in whatever he chooses to do moving forward. But from the football perspective of this, Hank, um, where does it kind of leave Alabama with a staff opening, we did hear from Nick Saban post-practice on Wednesday. He did say, you know, they had some things in staff that they plan to be able to do on the short term to cover for Graham's departure. But was he here long enough? Was he at Alabama long enough, Hank, to really maybe impact things where recruiting is concerned? Yeah, I, I think a little bit. Obviously, you know, recruiting is an everyday thing that, that each staff member um, partakes in, whether that's just, you know, DMing a kid or, or getting on the phone with somebody. But, um, I, you know, I, I've talked to a few recruits that had been in communication with him. Um, you know, some of the bigger name guys that, you know, are mentioned, you know, Harold Perkins, the five star linebacker out of Houston, uh, the Houston area. We caught up with him last week or a couple weeks ago. You know, he said, uh, you know, he's talked to Coach Graham a little bit. He was talking to Saban a lot. Uh, Brennan Thompson, that kind of star athlete out of the panhandle of Texas. He, he was a guy under um, Graham's area. Uh, Jaleel Skinner, a recent tight end offer. Kay and Roberts Day, who's a recent tight end offer. So, I mean, he, he was putting in work on the recruiting trail. Um, as far as, you know, I think, like you said, it, it, it's, it's still early. You know, obviously visits aren't even open back up. You know, these guys haven't even met these kids in person as an Alabama staff member. Um, so I, I think it's not, you know, I don't think it's in a window that it's going to hurt Bama much, 
Um, obviously, you know, it's still Alabama. It's still Nick Saban recruiting you. I think that's what a lot of these kids look at. But at the same time, you know, Jay Graham was he had a, a really strong recruiting resume coming in. We did, on each of the new assistants, we did features on kind of how they are as or how they have been as recruiters. And, you know, Jay Graham probably had the most impressive resume coming in. Um, you know, I think Cam Akers was the highest ranked guy. He, he's landed in his time as a recruiter back at Florida State. Uh, had several others. So, um, you know, yeah, I, mean, I, I think it's going to, uh, you know, it, it, I don't think it's going to impact too much negatively, but, you know, you lose a really strong recruiter from your staff. But at the same time, you look at, you know, the prerequisites to be on a Nick Saban staff are typically you have to uh, have to be a pretty, pretty solid recruiter. Um, so I, I think that'll be something they're, they're looking for in, in whoever they hire next. But um, I, I don't think it'll be too, too difficult to kind of fill in at, at this point in the short term, as far as, you know, um, uh, with him, with, with him down off the staff, uh, you know, Jay Valais filled in a lot in Texas. Um, I think Jay Graham kind of, you know, he, he had some areas where Jeff Banks had in Texas. Um, but you know, as far as, you know, a widespread kind of net he had, I, I don't think it was really there yet. Maybe that would have developed in the summer uh, I'm, or later in the spring. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, it hurts. You lose a solid recruiter, but I, I don't think it's going to hurt Bama too much in, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I was going to ask you about Texas specifically because understanding, Alabama was replacing its two primary area guys over in the Lone Star State, but I guess that's where Jay Valai's background uh, there in Texas is is likely to help, at least in the short term, if he's yeah. needed to kind of cover for, for pretty much two roles over there uh, yeah. in Texas. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, you know, ever since he was announced as hired, you know, he, he kind of, it, it seemed like he hit the ground running, not just in Texas, you know, he, he has a lot of those connections in the state of Texas, but you know, he's been active recruiting guys in Florida, I think Georgia, um, in both the 2022 and 2023 classes. So he wasted no time on, on getting involved. I, I think he could probably, uh, he probably would like to add a little bit extra in his play. He seems like a guy that really likes to recruit and really likes to connect with these kids. Um, and obviously, you know, you got, eight other staff members that, uh, that can chip in as well where, uh, you know, as needed, um, until they, until they get that, um, that spot filled permanently. You know, we still have a long way to go, uh, with this 2022 class, but just kind of from a 10,000 foot viewpoint with again, plenty of work to be done. Are you already noticing a, a trend or a potential scenario where, one or two or three members of this staff uh, have the kind of years that, say, Charles Huff had a year ago, Jeff Banks, Carl Scott, in other words, top 10 national recruiter type ranking efforts. And again, understanding a lot of this in recruiting is based on you know areas on an annual basis producing different amounts of uh, prospects that Alabama might be interested in, but are you are you already seeing maybe of a lie or another couple of three guys that you know could be on the cusp of really big years for 2022? Yeah, I feel like I could go down each each assistant and probably make an <laughs> argument for them. You know, obviously, I, I feel like Charles Kelly gets overlooked a lot for the work he does on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, he recently just landed Emmanuel Henderson. Um, you know, he's been really strong for Bama in, in his time um, on the staff in the last few years. You know, Will Anderson, obviously, maybe his most notable as far as somebody that's come in and made the biggest impact so far. Um, but I, I think one guy that I keep coming back to and people ask about him on the board, too, you know, Freddie Roach, I, I think he has a chance to really. 
um, you know, separate himself or, you know, take that next step, kind of that Carl Scott step where, you know, he, you know, he, he was on the staff, he's a good recruiter, but then, you know, bam, in 2020, he's number one recruiter in the sec. And then 2021, he's right back there in the top three, uh, or maybe, maybe number one, I can't remember. I don't know the rankings right in front of me, but one of the top recruiters in the nation, nonetheless, I think Freddie Roach might have that chance in, 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 uh, in 2022, um, to kind of make that leap. You know, you look, you start with a guy like Walter Nolan, the, the number one defensive tackle, number two overall player in the country. Um, not only would he be his position coach, he would be, he, uh, Freddie Roach is, is Walter Nolan's area recruiter in that, uh, that Memphis area in Tennessee. So, you know, they have that connection. You look at a guy like, uh, like Kevin Coleman out of St. Louis, you know, Freddie Roach recruits that kind of Midwest Missouri area, um, for Alabama. He recruits in state. He kind of recruits all over. He recruits in Mississippi. Um, and, and I think defensive line is also a spot that's going to be, um, you know, that's an important area for, for Bama in, in this 2022 class. So I, I think Friday Roach could really kind of take that next step. Um, you know, I think Jay Valai will be big. I think Charles Kelly, of course, Sal Sinceri has always quietly kind of just chugged along and, and gotten a few top prospects on his own. Um, and, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of see how, how it all, uh, you know, ends up, but yeah, I, I would circle Freddie Roach as maybe that guy that can go for, take that next step on the recruiting trail. Yeah. And speaking of areas or maybe even regions, you know, state lines sort of get blurred, uh, when you get into recruiting, you just mentioned Memphis perhaps being a, a home to a, a major pickup potentially for Alabama, St. Louis, you can kind of go up I-55, and that's sort of a regional thing with those two metropolitan areas. But is there a state other than Alabama uh, that you can envision at this point early on uh, seen as, as being a, a big a big area, a big state that Alabama might draw on outside of the state of Alabama? Yeah, it, um, you know, I think Florida is always important, but I, I think one, you know, you just kind of it sticks out just because you already have a commitment from this state. You got two other major targets in the state, uh, you know, so early on, maybe just a fun kind of random state you don't always think of is Tennessee. Um, as far as, you know, where Bama turns to, you know, they've always gotten guys from Tennessee, but there's never been like huge, huge, huge names that have come in from the state of Tennessee. You got Ty Simpson already, the five star quarterback committed. We just talked about Walter Nolan. Um, he's kind of interesting. He he was in Mississippi. He went to Olive Branch, Mississippi, which I think is almost a suburb of, of Memphis, if I'm not Memphis, mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yep. So he kind of he's kind of been from that area, but he went to IMG Academy for for a little bit, and then he went back to uh, back to the school he's at in Memphis now. So you got um, you know uh, Walter Nolan who who's about to put out a top eight. He tweeted yesterday. I, you know I'd be pretty shocked if Bama was not in that top eight. Um, we talked to him a couple weeks ago, and he was loving up on Bama. Um, says he's he's pretty close to Freddie Roach in, in that staff. Um, Barry and Brown, who, who, uh, you know, he's rated as an athlete. I, I think, you know, he, he's, he projects as a wide receiver. He's a guy from the Nashville area that Bama has been recruiting pretty hard. Um, that I think, um, it's probably trending to Alabama. Steve Wolfong put in a crystal ball for, for Bama, um, for Barry and Brown. He's doing a, I think he's doing like a top 10 on, on April 1st. So not sure when he's going to make a decision, but Tennessee seems like an area to, to kind of watch. There's a few other targets. I think maybe that need to come down to, to campus in the summer and maybe work out. But um, that could be an interesting state that the Bama turns to a little bit more than it maybe usually does in the 2022 class. Going to take a quick break here on the Bama online podcast. When we come back more with Hank South recruiting analyst for us there at BOL. We'll talk, we'll talk reality versus myth when it comes to true freshmen getting on the field at the university of Alabama. And we'll also 
get into a potential transfer target for Nate Oates and the Alabama men's basketball team. All that when the Bama Online Podcast returns right after this. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Back with more of the Bama Online Podcast. It is a Thursday, March the 25th, 2021. Travis Ryer joined by Hank South, recruiting analyst for us there at BamaOnline.com. If you haven't already, how about a, a podcast subscription? It's simple, it's easy, a couple of clicks, and you're going to get each and every one of these that we drop directly to that mobile device, however you consume podcasts. It's going to be immediately available to you with a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast. A rating and a review would be greatly appreciated as well. Hank, as we come back here, Nick Saban on Wednesday in his post-practice comments wasn't really asked directly about true freshmen having the opportunity to see the field quickly at Alabama. He was asked more about mid-year enrollees and you know, early evaluations and kind of maybe having an idea that, you know, some of these guys are going to see the field quickly, even after a practice or two. But it did turn into uh, Saban commenting on, you know, the young players that they get on to the, the field fairly quickly in the past. I mean, you can look at the list of the Nick Saban era. You can go back to Julio. You can look at C.J. Mosley, Cam Robinson. T.J. Yeldon, Trent Richardson, Tua, of course, those wide receivers in that class as well, Minka Fitzpatrick, Jonah Williams, the list goes on and on. Even here recently, Will Anderson, Malachi Moore. Um, what do you run into with uh, the recruits, the prospects that you talk to? Because that seems to be, again, what we've heard throughout the years, you know, the 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 caution uh, about going to a place like Alabama because you're going to be stuck behind all these players. Uh, but now when you have 14 seasons under Nick Saban to really kind of lay it out, uh, it kind of flies in the face of that. Now, yeah. not everyone sees the field, but uh, is, is it something that you think uh, has any type of impact on prospects at this point, given the, the sample size we have to work with of, of freshmen actually seeing the field. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Sometimes you run into kids that, you know, talk about that Bama does play all these freshmen or, you know, you see these guys getting on the field early and, you know, every kid wants to play early. That's, you know, they want to get to college. They want to play. They want to get out in three years, go to the NFL and be first round picks. Um, but Bama also does a really good job of evaluating kids, not only from a talent standpoint, but from a standpoint of, you know, kind of what their mental makeup is, you know, what, you know, they, they, they go after kids that kind of understand what, you know, is it, what is ahead? Um, you know, they, they know that, you know, Bama does a good job of pitching that, you know, they, they play the best player. There's competition at every position. Um, you know, there, there's always going to be that, you know, the iron sharpens iron. I, a lot of recruits say that. I think Saban says that a lot. So, I, you know, that kind of trickles down to a lot of recruiting interviews, um, you know, we talk to. And so uh, kids that commit to Bama or kids that are top targets, they understand kind of what they're getting into if they were to go to Bama. And I think 
you know, Bama tries to go after those kids that kind of have that competitive edge that, you know, they want to come in, they want to compete, they want to earn their spot. They don't want to just be given it. And I, you know, I think Nick Saban, the entire staff does, you know, the best job of any staff in the country of selling that. And then along the way, you know, you end up seeing, you know, these guys, um, play early in their careers because, you know, they're just too good to keep off the field, um, in, in a lot of cases. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, recruits that, yeah, the negative recruiting pitch that you'll never play at Bama early, look at all the guys ahead, you know, it's kind of the weirdest recruiting pitch to me for another school to use as far as like a negative, uh, negatively and saying, you know, Oh, you're not good enough to go play at Bama. So come play with us. Like it's pretty much kind of a slap, <laughs> kind of a slap in the face if you almost yeah. think about it. Um, so, you know, I, I think most kids kind of see, see right through that. If it's a, if it's a negative thing and, you know, and then sometimes kids, you know, they want to be guaranteed a spot when they get to their freshman year. So, you know, you can't fault them for that if they want to do that and they want to go somewhere else. So, uh, but no, I think Bama, you know, the, beyond just the athletic evaluation, you know, that they, they, they kind of, they judge you on your competitive edge as well. Um, and to see whether, you know, you're a right fit for the program. One guy I think of that kind of fits that the most in recent cycles is Terry on Arnold. You know, he committed and signed with Bama after, you know, Bama had Jaquincy McKinstry that all these defensive backs signed that Kyrie Jackson, who could be a year one starter potentially. Um, and, you know, he wanted to come in and compete. So, you know, you kind of have to applaud a kid for that, in my opinion, uh, you know, when, you know, they're looking at all the choices they, they have. Yeah, Arnold's interesting, you're right, because he was a late guy. So he had the benefit of seeing exactly who was coming in, basically, um, with his class and still uh, pulled the trigger for Alabama. And it's a good point about the vetting prospect from the Alabama perspective. I guess if you're Nick Saban and the staff and you're picking up vibes from a prospect that there's not maybe the the self-confidence or the even the motivation to to go in and compete that that's a guy that can take himself off your board for you, I guess, in some right. ways. Oh yeah. I think that's just as important. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, th- this is why, you know, they, they try to do, they try to be as thorough as they can in evaluations, obviously 2021, uh, Nick Saban talked about it. He he did a show with uh, Josh Pate on his late kick um, show after signing day, talking about how, you know, they kind of had a, a decent idea of 2021 kids, um, as far as, you know, seeing them in person, getting to know them because there had, you know, the debt period had kind of just started in the spring, but with 2022, it's kind of a little bit more of a, an adjustment just because, you know, some of these kids they're recruiting, they've never even seen in person. Um, they've only seen them over video chat or what's on their huddle tape or what videos they're sending them. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, th- they're not in a huge rush this spring to, to fill up or take commitments. There's obviously guys that always have the opportunity to commit. They're just, you know, they, they know enough about them to, to make a solid judgment on them. But I think that this spring, especially is going to be really important for the evaluation uh, process. And then this summer when they can get all these guys in and hopefully work out or, you know, at least meet them in person and kind of talk to them then. Let's talk some hoops as we get out of here on a Thursday edition of the Bama online podcast. You had the opportunity to catch up with an interesting transfer target, potentially anyway, in Myron Jones, a six, three guard from Penn state led the Nittany lions in scoring this season, he has entered the transfer portal. We know that Alabama under Nate Oates has mined the portal, uh, both for grad transfers and traditional transfers. Just look at Javon Quinterly, Jordan Bruner. Uh, for more on that, what did you take away from your conversation and that update that you were able to put together with Jones? Is it still sort of in the discovery stages for both parties and 
what type of timeline do you think we're looking at here? Yeah, it, it did. Get, I did get kind of that discovery phase um, vibe from him, but at the same time, you know, he he said he wanted to narrow his list down in like two weeks and then make a decision a week after that. So he's you know three weeks away from <laughs> making a decision. Uh, but I guess you know you can, you can move pretty quick. Um, but uh, what I took away, you know, it it doesn't seem like there's been a whole lot of contact yet with Bama. You know, he said he'd had a conversation with Brian Hodgson, but he also you know he recognized the fact that they're currently. Uh, in Indianapolis and the March Madness run. So he knew, he knows they're busy. I don't think he's, you know, hurt, that's not hurting Bama or anything for him. Um, but, you know, the interest is there. You know, he, he's from the state of Alabama. Um, he's from Birmingham. He, he's very familiar with guys like John Petty, Herb Jones, Herb Jones and uh, and uh, Alex Reese. So, you know, and, and he's watched what they've done this year, this season. And he said he liked the style of play. That's what every kid says now when you're talking Bama basketball is just, you know, the style of play that, that, that just really sets them apart and just what Nate Oates has done in the two seasons he's been there. Um, so, you know, he, he said he's pretty open to anybody right now. He mentioned Alabama, Auburn, um, I think Arkansas Ole Miss and some others. Uh, but like I said, yeah, he wants to narrow his list down in a couple of weeks and then make a decision after that. So we'll see how hard Bama presses here. You know, like I said, he, he had that one conversation with, uh, with Brian Hodgson. Um, you know, this was when I talked to him, I think was Tuesday or Monday or Tuesday. So, you know, he, he certainly could have gotten on the phone with him again this week so far. We'll, we'll follow up on that. Um, but yeah, that, that's another interesting name to kind of join that conversation with Namari Burnett, who's the Texas tech transfer that they've been recruiting. And then obviously, you know, we're all waiting on Charles Bediaco, the, uh, the high school, um, uh, prospect, the, the, uh, top 50 center from IMG Academy on, on, you know, whenever he's going to make a decision as well. Even when you're making a run to the Sweet 16 and perhaps beyond, recruiting never stops. Hank, you never stop for us there at BamaOnline.com. Very appreciative of your time here on the podcast today. We'll do it again real soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Travis. There goes Hank South, recruiting analyst for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, thanking you for joining us here on the podcast again if you haven't. How about a subscription to the Bama Online Podcast? Anywhere you consume pods, you're going to find us. And a rating and a review would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, take care, everybody. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.